I spent a couple of years fighting this decision, quite honestly, and I finally realized that maybe we've been asking the question the wrong way. Maybe instead of asking, can we really afford the luxury of doing this? Maybe we ought to instead ask, can our children afford the luxury if we choose not to do it? Freedom. It's a gift from God that we don't need permission from anyone to exercise. It's the right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. We want to do all of that under the umbrella of obedience to God's word and Christ's lordship. And there we find the sweet spot of all the freedom we need and the safety from our own imperfections so that we're able to flourish. As thoughtful women, we're thinking of how we can intentionally pursue greater freedom in all areas of life, wellness, time, finances, American life, and more, to the benefit of our families and communities. Hey, I'm Cheryl Reese. Welcome to the Thoughtful Mom Podcast. Are you ready for some thought-provoking conversations? February is the time of year that we begin evaluating what's working and isn't working in our children's schooling. Many homeschool mamas find themselves in a little slump between Christmas and spring break or summer break, maybe feel a little weary. Teachers are dealing with pent-up energy since kids are snowed in or in some parts of the country maybe it's just too cold or too rainy to be outside much. Parents are exploring options if what they've been doing isn't working very well for their kids. So yesterday morning, I woke up and I just had this huge brainstorm come to me where I couldn't stop writing about this subject of schooling. So while it wasn't the immediate direction that I had been planning to go with our weekly conversations, I'm just trusting the Lord that this was the right time that someone in this audience needed to hear about the topic of schooling and and some fresh ideas, maybe. So I hope that you take encouragement, enjoyment, and something helpful away from this episode. Hey, Thoughtful Moms, welcome to today's show. Obviously, there are kind of two main divisions in education, public and Christian, with the subcategory of homeschooling being within Christian education. Now, I know homeschooling doesn't have to involve Christian education, but in our conversation today, we're going to limit homeschooling to homeschooling that's Christian in nature, since that's the reason many people do choose it. My story is that my husband and I were both homeschooled and had very positive experiences, and it set us up well for adulthood among our peers. I've held down jobs just like anybody else. (laughs) I've also started and grown a number of side businesses, and I even helped my husband start his firm a few years ago that fully supports our family. We have several friends who both in the couple were homeschooled and now they too are also very successful and well adapted and they, like us, homeschool their families now. It's super cool to be in this second generation of homeschooling after it went under so much scrutiny (laughs) years ago and now it's become very commonplace and I'd say, you know, in the last year, a lot of people call themselves homeschoolers, but there's kind of the those who homeschool because of COVID and they'll go back to what they were used to before. And then there are those of us who want to homeschool for the long term. And that brings up a really 
necessary point. If you are new to homeschooling due to COVID, then don't let the past year define the homeschool experience because you didn't get an accurate depiction of it. You were thrown into it against your choice without having much time to select curriculum. The typical supports that homeschoolers are used to were closed down, like the library, a lot of co-ops. So if you think what just happened due to COVID is homeschooling, it's not. You didn't get the right flavor of it. Now, whenever we were, when Steve and I were dating, since we had been homeschooled and we understood it and knew that world and we valued it, we knew that we would want to homeschool our kids once we were married and had a family. However, it was really surprising to me a few years into motherhood, after learning more about myself, I realized that a very key part of the way the Lord had made me was creating and nurturing and while I love to, you know, garden and nurture the life of plants and I love raising babies and I also, a major and important way to me that that nature that God gave me is expressed is through small home-based businesses that I'm able to cultivate alongside being a homemaker and a wife and a mother. So I was pretty torn between being a work-from-home mom and full-time homeschooling right at the time that we needed to be making choices about education for our kids. I knew that I wanted my kids to have a quality Christian education, but in the early years of our family and while the business was in its early years of growth, private school would have just been a huge interference to our existing goals. So we went ahead with our plans to homeschool and I I spent some time resenting that school choice, really struggling to make both of my worlds that I loved work together. And fortunately, through prayers and persistence and the encouragement and ideas and resources of a community of mamas who were a few years ahead of me in the homeschool journey, the Lord has allowed me to stumble my way into loving homeschooling and also being able to continue creating things that are in addition to our home. But as I approach today's recording, I want to be careful to say that homeschooling isn't for everyone, and I understand that. So while the ideas that I share here are deeply held and I speak with confidence, I acknowledge and I want to also remind those in the homeschooling community that while some basic ideas are con concrete, how they're implemented is oftentimes in a gray space where God has given Christians liberty to implement in different ways. And so hopefully some of these thoughts will be applicable to you no matter uh, where you're at in your children's education journey. One really one example of that concrete instruction from the Lord and then gray space of how we live that out based on our walk with him is in Deuteronomy 6, where God instructed his people, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children 
and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He wants us to make sure that in every in and out of our daily living, we're presenting him to our kids. But how we each do that is going to be unique given our family's circumstances, given the health and energy of the parents, given the family size, given your finances, given whether you and your spouse are still married or if you're raising your kids for the Lord in a single parent home. It's so important that we all honor other family space to choose differently from us within their relationship with God. So I tell you my story because I think there are a lot of people speaking in the homeschool space who just love it so much and always have been so excited that if you're not sure it's for you, they can't understand and they just don't know what's wrong with you, why you can't get on the bandwagon too. And there can become a divide in the church over that, over the the homeschoolers, the Christian schoolers, the public schoolers. And I think that's so unfortunate because once there's a divide, how can we learn from each other? How can we help each other? How can we integrate as the body of Christ? School choice is very important, but it is not worthy of prideful division. And as you listen to this episode, whether you're loving homeschooling or whether it's February and you're struggling with continuing on, or if you're unsure about the whole thing, I want you to know that I've fought through the seasons of a funkiness and I have wrestled with my own conflicting desires and I can relate to the mom with doubts. I want to help you find a way if you would like a way because honestly, for anything we want in life, there is a way. We just have to stop finding excuses and find a way. So homeschooling is something that has been a topic in my head. I've thought, man, I would really like to do a show on that, but it wasn't on my calendar for today. I had other plans <laughs> on on the list for today, but this morning I just woke up with all these thoughts flowing to my mind. So I'm just trusting the Lord that there's somebody in this audience who uh, it will bless and that that it's the right time for you to hear this. So it's, it's probably going to turn into two or three episodes because it's kind of, there's a lot to go into and I try to keep each episode about 20 minutes long, but we're going to, we're going to go over reasons. We're going to go over myths and lies and other excuses. We're going to go over some downsides and workarounds to those downsides. I want to talk about how to tend to your marriage while homeschooling because, uh, it can, it needs to be because your marriage is so important. And I want to go over how I've found my way uh, of loving to homeschool instead of just going through the motions. And then I want to highlight some resources that will be really helpful to you, whether you're stuck or whether you're just getting started or whether you love it. And if you love it, you've probably already found these resources, actually. <laughs> so what I hope to come from these next couple of shows is first of all, I want to remind you and encourage you of why you chose Christian education, why we choose Christian education, 
particularly homeschooling, because February is that time of year that it is so easy for moms to be running low on steam. And we need some concrete reminders why we're doing this and maybe some fresh ideas to get us through until summertime. Also, I want to empower those who are wondering if homeschooling might be for them. Pretty soon, families will begin evaluating the options for next year's school, and I want to speak into that space because knowledge is the door of freedom. You know, that's the foundation of this whole podcast, thinking critically through the options and issues that affect moms so that we're influencing our families into greater and greater freedom in Christ. I also want to articulate the incredible value of Christian education and the benefits specifically of what I know best being home education. I'm going to address key lies and excuses that I see robbing families all the time of the blessing of this option. And finally, I'm a big why girl, but what we, while what we do is important, why we're doing it determines how we do it. So once we cover the why of homeschooling, the spirit behind homeschooling, I'm going to provide you with practical ideas that have made it achievable for me as a mom when I was totally discouraged and at a quitting point and to highlight free support resources. So for starters, why families choose Christian education? I should probably start off by saying this episode is probably going to, um, as I speak the truth, as I understand it, it may step on toes, (laughs) but I'm saying the truth to you in love. Families choose Christian education because primarily because of values. Education is one of those pillar institutions in our world. We have government, we have entertainment, we have education, we have the arts, we have the church. And the left, and quite honestly, the devil, have taken over most of those domains. The only one still standing right now really is the church. And that means that our education system has been corrupted by a worldview that wants to reject God, that wants to make knowledge higher than God, higher than truth, higher than absolute truth. And even if you have paid to live in the nice neighborhood, in the best school district with the best ratings, that school system is still under the state school board and under the you know national edu- education union from teachers who were not taught to seek truth goodness and beauty in order to know god and make him known and that world view is going to distill down into the curriculum and the discussions of the class. Now, I know there are wonderful Christian people teaching in the public schools. What happens when the teacher's worldview comes into collision with the curriculum's worldview, with the superintendent's worldview, and which one is going to be taught to my child? And I could never get comfortable with the answer to that question. Now we have so many more issues arising in the the public schools with the 1619 Project versus teaching children patriotism and that America is a blessed country, the best country, 
that we have done so much good in the world while we're not perfect, while we seek to form a more perfect union, that it is still worthy of being grateful for and worthy of protecting and honoring. And then you get into the curriculum revisions for morality. Those are values that if you're at home trying to teach your child to love the Lord with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love their neighbor as themselves, but you have two hours of discussion with them in the evening over dinner and before bedtime when they're not doing homework, when they're not at sports practice, when they're not playing with the neighborhood kids, and they have six to eight hours a day at school in that environment of that worldview, I feel like I would be shooting myself in the foot and doing something that goes against everything I'm working so hard for at home. And so those values drive a lot of families into Christian education of some kind. However, however, although families may see these values and worldview issues as a problem, the cost of Christian education has been prohibitive. And so they're not comfortable with what's being taught at school, but they don't feel like there's any other option. And that's where homeschooling comes onto the table. And I'm going to show you about five other benefits to homeschooling, even beyond the values proposition of Christian education. And they're the reasons I love it so much. First of all, I'm getting time with my kids that I will never be able to trade for. God is jealous over us, his people. And just like that, I'm jealous over the heart of my child. And I couldn't imagine sending them away to spend eight hours with some other lady every day. You know, don't get me wrong. I need a break. <laughs> but I didn't want to consistently have them go away as, as really young children and build that heart connection, have a primary influence with someone else. God gave them to me and I want to pour into their hearts. I want to have a deep connection with them. And maybe it's because my love language is quality time. I needed that time concentration with my kids. I'm, I'm for real seeing their life. I didn't see their first step in a video from the daycare. I see the light bulbs go off when they finally get phonics and they finally get how to sound out a word and they finally read their first book. I'm not sharing that with somebody else. I get that for myself to hide in my heart forever as as of this human that that God allowed me to conceive and to entrust to me to raise and I've I'm investing that time in them because I want that time also as, as I just mentioned you know it is much more cost effective you can make homeschooling cost as much or as little as you desire and you know to pay for Christian school sometimes you're looking at well we can pay for Christian school or one day we can pay for college <laughs> and with homeschooling I just don't have that pressure and I'm so thankful for that 
also homeschooling allows us to give our child a highly customized education. I know my child better than a teacher can know my child. I know how my child learns best and I can teach to that learning style. I can give a well-rounded education hitting on all the necessary parts, but we can do deeper dives on things that really excite them. Or when their brain is really receptive to math, we can really go deeper on math uh, beyond the expectations because they're having a ratio of one teacher to one child or maybe to four children if you have four kids. You know, the ratio is way better than the one to 25, one to 35. I don't know how many kids are in a classroom these days, but the teacher-student ratio in a school setting doesn't allow for that customized education experience. It's pretty much the luxury of having a personal tutor for your child. And I dare say our children are worth that. Something else that is really important to Steve and me is peer influences for our children. With homeschooling, they're able to spend the entire day alongside their parent or older siblings, learning the wisdom of thought from a lifetime of experience, learning more self-restraint and better behaviors than if they were to spend the whole day with 25 other children. You know, when you're in a room full of 25 children, you don't get that one adult's undivided attention to to get their mentorship and learn their wisdom. You know, the, the teacher is doing the best she can, but it's pretty much crowd control. With closer supervision and customized mentorship, you're really able to develop a discipleship ministry with your children that's uninterrupted by eight hours a day with someone who may not hold your values, with someone who has to focus on a lot of other kids, with someone who has to teach a designated curriculum that may not fit with your discipleship preferences. In a classroom, your kids are going to learn from other kids, and the Bible tells us that children are fools. That's not derogatory. That's not an insult. It's just a fact. A fool is someone who doesn't acknowledge God and someone who doesn't have life experience to make choices that will lead to his flourishing. I don't want my child learning from other children how to live a successful life. I want my child learning from adults who have been successful, who do fear the Lord, who have developed personal restraint. I want them to learn from wise people how to become wise. And that's not going to happen in a room concentrated with 25 people their same age who have their same life experience. So we've been through reasons for Christian education and reasons for homeschooling within that Christian education. I want to address myths uh, that I hear all the time, just in case you have maybe found yourself in a place where you may want to make some changes, but you have these doubts in your mind, which are fair, but doubts aren't the same as fact. And so as somebody who's been there on both sides of the desk as a student, homeschooling mom, let me tell you the truth about those myths. So the first one I hear all the time is, I could never teach my kids. I don't have a degree. I'm not qualified. Well, 
that's a lie from Satan just to get you discouraged so that he can separate your kids from you all day, every day. Because if I was the devil and I wanted to take over the next generation, the first thing I would do is separate the children from the parents for long periods of time. And here's the real truth. Did you finish high school? Have you learned how to read? Are you capable of learning new skills gradually and communicating those out? Are you capable of learning alongside your child? See, there are tools that actually give you the script that impart the knowledge to your children. You just have to pick them up and go. We're going to go over some of those in a future episode. So I'll tell you, my mom had a high school diploma. She didn't finish college, but she homeschooled my two sisters and I. And we all went to college. We all did great. Uh, One of my sisters has a graduate degree. You don't have to have a teaching certificate to teach your children. Unless your state requires it. You know, nobody's asking you to certify a neurosurgeon here just to educate your children. (laughs) And if you want the time with your children, if you want your children to have your values and the values of the Lord, if you're desiring that, but you think you're not qualified enough, let that lie go. God has given you everything that you need to teach your child. Another myth I hear is, I can't imagine spending all day with my kids. I get that. I'm an introvert. (laughs) I need a good couple of hours of silence to think or read or whatever. I need that. And it's a true challenge. Or developing myself, reading books that help me become a better person, take a nap if I want, soak in the tub if I want, you know. And it's all depending on age appropriateness. You know, they have to be safe. They have to be old enough to take care of themselves. But for each season and stage of life, you find a way to make it work and to get your breaks and get your quiet time. You know, if you're blessed with grandparents nearby, you know, if, if grandma's retired, maybe she can come take the kids for a couple hours once a week, sit with the kids, and you are able to go out and get your time to yourself, and you come back recharged and better. Hopefully your husband will be supportive. Hopefully this homeschooling choice is something that you make together so that he's able to support you and make sure that you're getting enough time to refresh. You know, maybe one night a week he takes care of dinner and bedtime and you go out with your girlfriends. Or if if that's not an option, he can put the kids to bed and you can go soak in the tub. There are some things that you can outsource, delegate out, you know, music lessons, sports lessons. Church is a really important time for me. Depending on the church you go to, my church has children's classes during the service. And so, you know, we're together for family worship and then they go to their own classes. And that's a good time that I'm able to sit and collect my thoughts and you know, I do have personal devotions during the week, but it's very important to me that I am able to regroup and refocus on the Lord during church uh, on my own, knowing that my children's biblical training 
Yes, we train biblically at home, but they are having someone else invest in them right now, and that investment isn't all on my shoulders. So I, I try very hard to have my ministry elsewhere, not in children's classes during church, because that's time I really feel that I have to protect as a homeschool mom. Also, your, your kids right now, who they are, how they behave right now, is not who they're always going to be or how they will be two years from now, six months from now. They can be trained by spending one-on-time with you, a wise adult, learning how to sit still, learning how to speak in turn, learning restraint, learning self-control so that they are more pleasant to be around. It's something we all have to work at with our kids. Know that your kids aren't exceptionally bad and they just need focus training and it can be done. If you interviewed most parents, they would all say, I don't have the patience. But are you going to let that stop you from the benefits of the of protecting your kids from influences of being around 25 foolish little seven-year-olds all the time? <laughs> are you going to let that prevent you from giving your children a good education that fits who they are? Are you going to let that rob you of 40 hours a week with your treasure, with the special creature, image bearer of God that he gave to you? If you want those things, don't let your lack of perfection rob you of those benefits. Here's a good one. My kids don't listen to me because I'm not the teacher. Tough love here, but you decide if you're going to let that attitude fly. The fact is, we all have to have a teachable spirit and humility and a submission to authority, regardless of the hat that that authority is wearing. You set the tone at home and little cupcake will catch on and adapt when she can tell that you take yourself seriously. Another great one, totally overused, well, well will my kids get socialization? <laughs> Y'all, homeschoolers are some of the best socialized people I know. Um, we become friends with people of diverse ages and backgrounds. We hold interesting conversations. We have a broader vocabulary. We love to learn that makes us great conversationalists and that makes us enjoyable to talk to. I'll tell you, some of the public schoolers I knew growing up couldn't hold a conversation with anybody different with them. They couldn't answer questions better than yes or no, and they lacked vocabulary. So you tell me, is a child going to be better socialized by spending all day, all week, all year in a classroom with the same 25 people the same age as them, or is a child going to be better socialized by naturally learning how to gently and tenderly look after those younger than them in their environment, learning to respect and hear the wisdom 
of those older than them in their environment. I just, I don't buy the socialization myth and I hope you don't either. Also, we go on way more outings and activities than public schoolers do, hands down. I know homeschoolers who have a different co-op, a different sporting thing, a different everything every day of the week. Really, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> I'm a homebody and we have a couple of things that we participate in, but I also don't want our exciting schedule to interfere with our school curriculum or with my physical energy to be able to focus on my husband and take care of our home and do all the other things. Because really, being a homeschool mom is another hat we wear on top of already homemaking wife, mother. If there's any kind of career, part-time job, business development, it's another hat. It's like a full-time job of its own. So you have to protect your energy and do what you know you can handle. And you find the best balance for your family and monitor everybody, make sure they're happy and developing well emotionally. And you make the necessary tweaks, but you don't do more than you want to do or need to do. And there's never a lack of things to do. So yeah, we're totally socialized. Here's one. This one has been very troubling to me for a long time. And again, it's another tough love statement. And so I hope that you will give me grace and that I am able to convey my thoughts well. And that is the idea that I'm going to send my child to public school so that they can be a missionary to their classmates. And I just have to challenge that thinking. If you think about it, we don't send out, as a church, we don't send out missionaries into the field, first of all, until they're full-grown adults. Second of all, with years of doctrinal and cultural training, without ordination services in which they publicly articulate, defend theology and doctrine. We don't send them out unless their relationship with God has matured into a commitment that they tenaciously hold on to with the strength of an oak tree. These missionaries are adults and they make the fully informed choice to carry the cross into the world to receive criticism and retaliation for it. Our five-year-olds, when they go into kindergarten, many times haven't even gotten saved. They cannot possibly successfully represent or defend a faith that isn't theirs. Their will is still that of a little sapling tree, not an oak. When the peer pressure of all their classmates and their teacher comes to bear on them when they speak up in class, they will wither under that humiliation. Their cerebral cortex in the frontal lobe of their brain is still forming, for goodness sake. They cannot parse out nuance of ideals to defend why truth is constant, why a boy shouldn't be in her bathroom, why the earth was created in six days, why America is a place to be proud of and grateful for. No, clean water does not make muddy water clear. The muddy water always makes clear water dirty. It's totally illogical and unreasonable. I'm going to go so far as to say that I personally find it cruel to put children in a position to be missionaries at a public school. I guess the last myth I hear is that we can't afford the luxury of Christian school or of homeschool because then we would have to drop down from two incomes to one. And I just want to put my arms around you and tell you with all the love in my eyes that yes, it's true that there are lifestyle trade-offs. The fact is 
though, that we all make happen what is most important to us. Our children are God's greatest inheritance to us, where we're accountable to him at the highest stakes. It's reasonable that we make the necessary sacrifices for them in his name. No outcome is guaranteed. Every child has the choice to choose or reject God. But what you're likely to yield 25 years from now from a Christian education is better and longer lasting than what you have to give up. There are seasons for everything. And right now, while we're raising children, is the season for filling up my children with everything I can impart to them so that they're prepared for success with strength and joy and courage as Christians in the world one day to evangelize and disciple them, to have a genuine and intimate friendship with God so that I see them for all eternity, to see them become not just my children, but my brothers and sister in Christ. Maybe we're asking ourselves the question the wrong way. Maybe instead of asking, can we afford the luxury of Christian education or of homeschooling? Maybe instead, we need to ask, can our children afford the luxury of us not doing it? That was part one of our series on the spirit and methods behind homeschooling. I hope you really enjoyed it and be watching for part two to come soon. Friends, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Thoughtful Mom Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and give it a five-star review in your favorite podcasting app. Then go encourage a couple friends to join us next time. Now let's all go out and live thoughtfully so that our families can live freely. Thank you.